Hey guys, what's up? Uh, welcome to the number one podcast in uh, all the world, I think. Uh, you Well, welcome to the Last Set podcast. Um, basically, just want to run down everything that's been going on this week. It's been quite an interesting week, even though there haven't been some big UFC cards going on. But there's been a shitload of fight news going down. A lot of fight news. Um, so much to actually cover in just one episode as well. I yeah, mean. 100% is... is We'll, we'll be covering like the UFC fight night, whatever's going on next week as well. There's, all the, there's a lot of weird fight news going around. Yeah, very, well, it's not weird. just in the ring, but it's outside of the ring as mm, well. Mm. And there's not even that, but we're now going to talk across multiple sports. So, mm. mate, let's fucking start. But I just want to say I am so impressed with the Korean Zombies performance on yesterday. Mm. You, did you see that? I quick I well, Last episode, I, I was like, oh... No, I can't pick Ego. I changed my mind and I yeah. picked Korean Zombie and I'm so glad I did. It's very hard for me to go against the South Korean fighters. Well, you know, here's the other thing. It was not just the Korean Zombie, but fucking South Korean fighters mm. had a great performance across mm. the whole card. And you know how that we talk about the curses, you know, there's the Gucci curse, there's the Chao Sung mm. curse, there's the um, Drake curse. I feel like um, maybe we're starting a bit of our own um, the last set blessing or at least last set predictions mm. blessing because we're starting to get pretty good at these uh, predictions now, I've got to say. I, yeah. mean, I was pretty wrong on the weekend, but I would say you were right, most, most of them. Yeah, I mean, as long as you put a little bit of like thought into it and things like that, but it, get, it gets better like with time and that. Um, often you like... If you're pretty solid on your pick, like uh, with the Korean Zombie versus Danny Gay, we knew that was going to be a fairly close fight. It looked very close in their credentials, right? Korean Zombie obviously had a little bit more, uh, a little bit more of a vet compared to Danny Gay, right? A little bit higher in the rankings, which is very impressive. But he's still 34 years old, yeah, and he's had so much time in the UFC. And uh, and when I was I was watching uh, Chael Sonnen break down here, and he's going, "I'm going for Danny Gay." And w- the way he ex- <laughs> the way he explained, yeah, I know that's why it's funny. Chael Sonnen curse. I know, but the way he explained why Ego was going to win was why I was like, "No, nah, I'm so glad I picked I picked Korean Zombie." It's just when some the I think the best way to get good picks is not to watch fighters. It's really interesting to get little bits of information about them, but fighters can be the most blindly opinionated people to listen to mm-hmm. it's like you're going to get the worst information you're going to get the w- most likely they they've hung out and they're good pals or yeah. or they're friends of our, of friends or they've already fought alongside or they've been in uh their old gym that's where they still train and things like that or their old head coach trains them there's always some form of a little link which is why they can be super biased so when they're when you notice that some fighters are like gone you know this is our pick and this is why and it sounds a bit silly or and things like that and it's it's mainly they're talking very like emotionally rather than facts Mm -hmm. then you know yeah that this person's got like they've got a little bit of skin in the game themselves i probably shouldn't like listen to them because they're the same ones that say all right mybookie.com or draft picks and things like that use my code to go and they they're the ones that can make like really emotional picks yeah correct and pick the worst fight yeah (laughs) they're so bad i mean i mean i mean chel sonnen's like the worst he's so bad (laughs) he even admits to it though he admits to it but i i i've gone a little bit off his like listening to him because i i'll come back and forth listening to him because he keeps on saying, oh, Marvin Vittori, I reckon he won the first fight against I- Izzy. 
Oh. And I'm like, no, that's oh. not true. And then he picked oh. Marvin to beat Izzy. And I was like, well, that's not happening ever. So there's when you listen to certain fighters or ex-fighters have picks, yeah. you've got to know that there's some form of point of contact which yeah. makes them extremely biased and probably not the best like source of information. Yeah, that is true. And also you've got to wait for the whole thing to like play out. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's the, the thing is, with UFC for MMA in general, it's, it's so bloody hard to predict. Mm, you know, so I many ways to lose. You, you know, you can. <laughs> it's. I mean, it's. If you have, let's say, I'm not uh, a big AFL fan, but if we had the number one spot play the number seventeen spot. You know, which obviously you don't get that number one versus the number seventeen fighter, but there's a big fucking difference between the two teams, and it's easy to predict that. But if you have a fourth place against a sixth place, you know, normally you want to go for the, the fourth place because of the higher rankings, but it doesn't always work like that. Mm-hmm. Even though if they're the favourite, you get what I mean. Which is why Dan Ige was the favourite. Yeah. Um, understandably, it's just, it showed that Dan Ige did have the power and things like that. It was mainly zombies. Durability. Uh, du- du- he's definitely got durability. I think uh, some people were questioning his chin a little bit just because he's, once you're known for just walking through shots, that's when that seems to be all you're kind of good for. It seems to be like, and then that ownability starts to deteriorate. Like, yeah. like chin is in limited dis- uh, supply. And then when you get chinned a couple of times, then yeah. a lot of people think, oh, well, you can't take a shot anymore. Yeah. Well, some people are literally just known for the chins, but once it's cracked, it's cracked. It's not like mm. you can reheal it. You know what I mean? No, no. And then if that's what their base is around, being able to take a shot to give a shot, yeah. then at some point, you start to see these fighters fall off like a Nate Diaz or Tony yeah, Ferguson. Your, your best defense shouldn't be your face. No, it shouldn't. But <laughs> I, I felt that Zombie was actually doing uh, a lot better in terms of slipping and countering. His counters were solid. It was, solid. Uh, it was just he had to be super wary of Dan Ige because even in that fourth round, I would argue Dan Ige probably won maybe that maybe that fourth round, yeah. right? He's still dangerous. Dan was 100% very, very dangerous still in the fourth round. So... It was mainly the Korean zombie kind of infiltrating the the hole in Danny Gay's game, which was the wrestling and the jiu-jitsu. Yeah. Which is what, you know... And congrats to Korean zombie because yeah. he got a black belt. As yeah, that's what I noticed as well. as well. He proved himself because I wasn't... Ex- well, he first solidified how good he was on the ground because people forget he was the guy who set up the first twister. He's had some proper wins for submission. But it was also his gas tank. I don't think he was like heavy breathing at all in the first no. three rounds he was very calm and he had a lot of he threw a lot of strikes in the first couple of rounds but he they weren't mad swings they were very well calm calculated he was picking apart he was picking them apart he was really slowing them down controlling pace controlling really pace controlling especially pace. on the ground I believe that as soon as he went to the ground there were times where zombie just had this really like quick transitions, quick transitions, took his back, okay, almost sunk in a rear naked. Nope, okay, get back to side control. Okay, lay down a few shots. Like mm. he just kept moving around him and Dan just could not defend or it took him a while to actually like really get control on the Re- ground. Really, really tight body triangles. And whenever, Correct. there was one point when Dan actually managed to unlock that body triangle and then Zombie would just switch it to the other side 
it wasn't on the outside of his leg, which out of his opponent's leg, which is what he needed to do. And then he would just switch it. He switched it mid-fight. So when it was an issue of having a body triangle on his right leg, then he just swapped it to the other side and it wasn't an issue anymore. And a lot of the time, in a couple of those rounds, he, he would get the body triangle pretty early in the round, maybe two or three minutes still left on the ground. And it was... It was basically just zombies just trying his best, trying to get underneath the chin to go for the rear naked choke. Because yeah. he had a very dominant position in, in a couple of the early rounds. So he did so well. Um, um, I was really surprised, though, about his call out afterwards. He was saying, you know, Max Holloway doesn't have knockout power. I have knockout power. Mm-hmm. Max is a dangerous fight yeah. for anyone, including Ooh. Korean zombie. Yeah, I mean... You, you're no doubt right about that. Uh, also, in terms of difference as well, I was just thinking about Max Holloway's not even 30 yet. No. Not even 30, and Korean Zombie's 34 or 34. I've, I'm pretty sure my Ma- – I can't recall because it must have been a little bit before my time, but I'm pretty sure Max Holloway and Korean Zombie are fought before. No. No. No, they haven't fought before. No, they haven't fought before, but it was a good way to set up. However, what I thought um, Korean Zombie was, was a perfect case where you take your loss, you turn it, and you use it, and then you, you use it to improve, and then you get better. Like, mm-hmm. we talked about when Korean Zombie fought Ortega. Mm-hmm. Ortega was fucking resurging. He was an animal, he was. He was picking all these better shots and all these better strikes and spinning elbows. And then Korean, and then um, Korean Zombie realized, okay, I can't, f- I got to be smarter on the mm. way I got to take, take this. So he, I, I believe he increased his fight IQ a lot. Mm-hmm. So that's why I believe he got the win over He's doing yeah. quite smart, safe techniques. Yeah. Um, and when he noticed that, like, oh, he, he caught a fucking hard one from Dan. Yeah. He would then regroup and be like, okay, I need yeah. to switch something up. And that's when he would mix in takedowns really, really well. Mm-hmm. Um, the the call out was just so weird to me with Max Holloway because Max was supposed to fight your year Rodriguez, right? And then they fell out because apparently Max has an undisclosed injury, mm-hmm. right? What was Why? the injury again, just for memory? Undisclosed. Undisclosed, so okay. Yeah. Um, so... Why not call out Yair Rodriguez? They've had a fight before. Mm-hmm. Zombie was gonna beat Yair Rodriguez on the cards, probably three to two. So, and then and then he got um, he got finished in that the last couple of seconds by a pretty freak um, elbow. Yeah. So it's one of the freakiest KOs in the in the UFC or mixed martial arts in general. So why not run that back? Because if Max is, you know, if Max is already, uh, you know. Solidified himself as like, not no no no. If he's already out of the picture, okay, right, because he's got to, you know, look after his. Uh, he's got to reheal from an injury, right? Why not go for his opponent? Because mm. you can't. <laughs> it doesn't make sense because Korean Zombie wouldn't be able to then skip the queue in front of Yair Rodriguez to fight Max Holloway if they're already supposed to have a fight. The mm. person he should have said I'll fight is Yair Rodriguez. He says. That was a freak KO. I was supposed to beat him. I'm going to beat him. And then I'm going to beat Max Holloway, the ex-champ. That's mm. what he probably should have done. Yeah. So that's why I didn't really get the get the uh, the call out. But fucking fair play to Korean Zombie. Yeah. Fair play. Yeah. So i got a question for you now. After Alexi Olenek lost to Sergei Spivak over the weekend, mm. do you think it's time for him to retire? Um, 
I don't know. Probably not quite yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because I like to go off people's records, and I believe he's only got maybe a two-fight losing streak yeah. so far. Because he lost to Derek Lewis uh, last year as well. Mm-hmm. And then... I think he didn't fall since then because he had a pretty active year last. He had a pretty active year last year. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. With Alexei Olenek, he's uh, he's definitely a funny. He's a he's an interesting fighter to watch because he is quite old, but he's very, very good on the ground. He's got a little bit of unnatural ways in where he cools down in between fights, the legs up, yeah, in the air and, and well, with the ice on his chest, but. He's, he's a he's a cool guy to watch on the ground. He's very very technical. He's got he's got those Russian genes, you know what I mean? For those ones that make you age really really slowly. Because mm. he's the oldest fighter in the um in the UFC. Mm. Not even that, but he's been fighting for in a UFC since nineteen ninety six or something like that. No, no like MMA. Yeah, no. So he's been in MMA since nineteen ninety six professionally. Mm. He's been one of the longest active. MMA fighters. I think he's fifty nine and seventeen or something. something yeah, like ri- some ridiculous record. Like he's had about seventy three disclosed MMA bouts professionally. There That's you go. Insane. I That's think insane. he has had the, the most MMA bouts as well. I would say so. It's very hard for you to yeah. get anywhere near that kind of number because MMA <laughs> produces so many injuries in between training, and then mm. uh, sorry, in between bouts in training, yeah. and then when you're in bouts as well. There's a huge amount of damage, yeah. you know. How he can sustain that much? It's in, it's insane. He's just he's so good on the ground. Yeah, he's so good on the ground. He is brilliant on the ground. But I was surprised. Sergey Spivak was pretty fucking good on the ground too. He was. There were some times where he had like in a tight bulldog choke. Mm. It was um, he was basically just trying to when he was on the ground, just trying to smother him. It looked like perhaps with Sergey is that the the issue was maybe cardio mm-hmm. for him. Just I understand it. You know, it's in the it's in a completely different division, yeah, than especially the, the, the yeah, lower the weight divisions, too, right? Yeah. Um, and the guy has power. He's very, very tough, very durable, and he's got power and things like that. I just felt um, Olenek was trying to take him down and trying to beat him with output and trying to smother him. Um, and Spivak, it was basically that the second and third rounds was what when Spivak actually. Started turning up the output a little bit. He just looked a little bit tired you know, in in those bouts. That's all. But um, with Olenek, I don't I don't think he should retire yet. To be honest, he's one of those guys that's similar to like a Jan Blackowicz and things like that. They've they've got crazy genetics and they've got that old man strength. Yeah. So <laughs> I, so I feel like I feel like Olenek can still continue to continue to fight based off his record. The time uh, is probably up soon. Yeah. So he might as well continue until he's cut. Yeah. Um, but honestly, dude, I, I'm i still impressed with him by his age and his the performances he does and things like that because I, it, it wasn't that long ago that it was, he was on the... He was on the main card of the Conor McGregor versus Cowboy mm. fight. Yeah. And everyone was saying... And I won money on Olenek because yeah. they were... I think he was fighting... Uh, uh, was it Maurice Green? Oh, okay. Um, and he was a he was a prospect coming up, and everyone was like, I was looking at the odds. I'm like, nah, mm-hmm. Olenek is damn good on the ground. Yeah, and and I I bet money on him, and I look 
he was part of my one of my multis and I was so happy he won because he would have fucked it for the entire night. Yeah. He would have fucked my whole night yeah. up. What's the deal with these multi bets? Like, why is it people want to gamble so much on like, okay, uh, they'll get us so they can build up some fo- so, some kind of a streak? Yeah. Uh, multis is basically just like, so if there's not too much of a payout for, or like there's not much of an advantage betting yeah. on one fight, then you could bet on two or three fights. So I've essentially to get the... In, your overall odds will increase based on each individual fight's own odds as well as how many you do. So I obviously, I would have a much higher multi if across six different fights and them all winning than three different fights. Mm. But those six fights could be quite... Because they can go one way or the other. Really. They, they can go one way or the other, other, right? But they get very, very risky. Yeah. And I was being very risky because Olenek was kind of the one that was pulling all the ones together. Um, but no, he saved it for the night. I think uh, I think Olenek is, to be that, that old, and I believe he's still 10 in the rankings. Yeah, he's in the top 10. That's insane. Yeah, That's especially fucked. at that age too. And Sergey Specs is a hot star as well is coming up he's 12 and 2 now he's 12 and 3 yeah, yeah. I, I don't actually know I don't actually think he was ranked no when he I don't think he was ranked when yeah he but he wanted there. a ranked opponent though after his last yeah, performance so, so that would make sense yeah. uh, well who do you reckon could be like next for Olenek really I mean I don't know there's I not really many the, with Olenek he tends to be given a lot of uh, unranked opponents mm as of late, um, basically to see if they're any good and yeah. things like that. Um, most likely the UFC will follow that same pattern. Uh, so I would say that, yeah, I would do that. Um, the next thing I want to talk about is probably, <sighs> I don't know if you'll agree with me, but uh, Marlon Chito Vera beat David Grant. I disagreed with the scoring. I actually thought David Grant um, He beat won him, that. but it was, it was close because David Grant had that first round for sure. I thought the the first two rounds went to Grant. Right. Okay. I think I think Cheeto won that f- first round, and it could have been a ten eight. Really? It could that third round could have been a ten eight. So the third round could have been, but for Vera, because yeah. based off how Grant was getting pieced up on the ground, right? yeah. But and the, the elbows that he was doing, but it's I think it could have been a draw. Well, Grant had a significantly higher output in the first round. Mm-hmm. I thought that first round was probably a. 10-8, maybe a 10-9, but it was mm. close. I don't think it would have been – Was it, it because David Grant was fucking really good at his leg kicks, man. He was throwing all his mm. leg kicks. He was switching his stance a lot. He comes mm. from that really good kickboxing background, and he just seemed like the first round was going towards him. And then the, t- the second round was when the pace changed, and then Cheeto Vera was – you know, he was getting he was getting up there, you know, he was definitely putting a lot picking a lot more shots and he started to cut him up with those elbows mm-hmm. and then it was those def- I think that's kind of why. The damage you can yeah. yeah. That maybe it was less maybe it was less shots. But I felt like Chino's shots were kind of doing more damage. It, in my eyes I felt that Davy was controlling the fight a lot more in the second round. Yeah. And had more significant strikes than Cheeto. In that third round, I think that was all Cheeto, and I think you could make the you could make the suggestion that that was a ten eight, right? Yeah. That means if Davy Grant wins the first two rounds ten nines, yeah, and Cheeto wins the last round at ten eight, that's mm. a draw. Yeah, I think the reason why they didn't want to go to a draw is those guys have already fought before, and Grant beat Cheeto, mm. so now they're one and one now. 
right? Mm. But I'll be honest, I I I expected Vera to win. I but based on the scoring, I disagree. I think it was a draw. Yeah. I don't think Cheeto won that fight. Well, I still think Cheeto's very, very underrated. I still think I, I don't not, think he's that underrated. Not okay. I'll retract that statement. I think it's because uh, I was just coming to his mind. He should have more respect on his name. Exactly. Um, that's that's a better way to put it because he fought Aldo, and he kind of lost to Aldo, and it wasn't and it wasn't his best fight. And then he's been back and forth. He derailed, He had that moment where he derailed Sean O'Malley, and then since then Sean O'Malley is trying to get everything back. You know, coming back as much as he can. So. Mm. I reckon Cheeto's definitely top 10 material. But he's number 15. In the yeah, league. so I mean. I don't think so. Davy Grant's not ranked. Yeah. I, and that I would argue that was a draw and he's been beat by Grant before. Yeah. And I, I don't. I still believe he can break into that top 10 though. I, maybe, maybe, ma- but just the very bottom. I don't like see him cracking. that 10th, I don't see place. him cracking top five. Yeah. No, I don't see him cracking top five because the bantamweight divisions is now just on an absolute like, stroll. I mean, it's like it's come back from being the mm. bottom barrel and now it's up there, you know. I don't think the bantamweight division's ever been this stacked. It's way, down. way more explosive. I just don't see... I, I don't see Vera competing with, like, the Corey Sanhagens and yeah. the TJ, TJ Dillashaws and things like that. You know what I mean? Like, they're not even... They're, they are all... Obviously, TJ's an ex-champion and, and Corey Sanhagen, you could make the suggestion that he could be next-level champion material. But Aljamain Sterling, Peter yeah. Young, uh Cody Garbrandt, things like that. Rob Font. They do you really think that he could compete? No. And, and Jose Aldo as well. They do really think. No, because no. Aldo was, you know, what was fairway champion. And he comes down to Bantaway and he doesn't find his way with Bantaway. He's trying to now grasp the waters. Um, he got a little bit of success against Malambera and then, you know, is very, very active. Because, you know, he, um, what's it called? He fought Marlon Morales, and Dana was positive that Aldo won against Marlon Morales. I thought he could have. Yeah, I thought, I thought it was close. I thought it was very close. Razor thin close, but I, it but, felt like Aldo edged yeah. it. Which reminds me, I think that's what we should do now. I feel like Aldo should run it back with Morales. Because Morales has lost uh, quite a few fights lately. Uh, Marlon has a fight coming up against... Uh, I'm blanking on the name. Anyway, I'm yeah, blanking, okay. but Marlon's already got a fight coming up, I believe. Yeah. But what I'm saying is the bantamweight his division is too... Oh, Marab. Marab. Oh, there you go. Sorry. That's uh, a cool fight. Yeah, well. they, oh, that is a, a, good, cool a good fight. Good fight. I think Marab beats him. That's the next thing. I don't feel like Marlon Vera could hang with Marab either. No. no and that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So, no. well, I kind of feel like Marlon Vera will sort of fluctuate around those outside of the top 10. I just don't. I'm. Yeah. I, I think you're right. I'm just fluctuating outside the top yeah. ten, up and down. But I don't see him. Yeah, it was, weird, it, was weird, it was a weird performance for yeah. me because I was expecting something really big, off a rematch. Off. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was. It was. It was just a weird, weird fight for me to watch. To get into the top ten, you have to be clear cut on why you deserve. Right. Mm-hmm. You can't be close. No. You can't just like be there by a thin can't margin. Be split decisions. Yeah. You and, have to yeah. be there. By knockouts, submissions, tickets, all that sort of stuff that makes you proves that you are a clear, like clearly better than your mm-hmm. opponent and clearly better than the rankings 
that you're in right now. So that's all. Talk about someone who was clearly better, Sean Wu Choi, who we've gone back and forth with before, saying like he's a really interesting prospect to watch from South Korea. Um, he's so fucking fast. He's dude. fast, and he's a he's a big. Uh, he's tall. He's, he's tall. He's, he's tall. He's about six foot. Yeah, he's he's, he's brilliant. He's, he's very so good. Fucking quick though. He's I mean. very he's very interesting to watch because naturally from South Korea you would expect him to have. Um, a taekwondo background, but he doesn't. He, doesn't. he comes from a Muay Thai base. Exactly. Um, although I did notice that his footwork is unlike a Muay Thai specialist. Yeah. Muay Thais are very flat-footed, and they move on diagonals and forwards. And he had a wide stance he's too. Ni- he's a nice wide taekwondo karate stance yeah. where he bounces on his toes, moves around, but he has the speed of and and the speed and the power of a Muay Thai specialist. He's very very good, and uh, especially on the feet. Fighting Julian uh, Arosa, who I believe was also on the Ultimate Fighter as yeah. well, pieced him up. Just beat him ninety seconds. Yeah, ninety seconds was all it took. That's all we needed. I mean, that's the reason what we need to look out for. You need it's decisions like that. So it's opportunities like that is what pushes you to the next level. Mm-hmm. When you win by decision, it's a close fight. It's kind of hard to progress. Mm-hmm. You need to show. There's not too much really I could have said I could say about the fight, but other than it was a clear cut why he was better he mm. he was more active he had better shots he had more cleaner shots as well he was faster and, and slipping not- on in the inside catching him I'm Brilliant. pretty sure he got knocked out of the night as well. Uh, yeah, did did he get? Yeah, like, I'm pretty sure he did. Night? Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. If, I'd be surprised if he didn't. But just he was a lot more active, and mm. he's young too. He's very young. He's very very young. He's actually a really cool prospect to watch. I think. Um, yeah, it's very very cool yeah. guy to watch. I thought it was really cool. Actually, just his his speed in general, especially he's slipping in in between shots that Arosa was putting out there, and he was just catching him. And there was one point early in the early in the fight. Well, it, it got caught very early anyway. But earlier on, before the the big shot landed, there was. One strike that just missed Arosa. He mm. slipped on the inside, boom, and he just missed Arosa, mm-hmm. right? And then a little bit later, maybe 30 seconds later, boom, hits the money, and Arosa's out. Puts on the ground and pound. After he switches his shots, in between ground and pound, switches his shots to hammer strikes, boom, boom, with the yeah, he's out. Yeah. He's out. And it, that's the kind of performance you want to see from a prospect who's... Uh, there's something about prospects where... Either they're dominating people, absolutely like Islam Makachev, just dominating people from start to end, or submitting or finishing them in any way, mm. knocking out quick. Especially when it comes from the really, really young fighters. Mm. That's what really surprises me. Mm. Like uh, you would expect when it comes to MMA, you want to be you peak pretty much or almost in your prime, Yeah, which is in that we could argue is in that from roughly 29 to 33 area. Uh, I'd go maybe 30 to 35. Okay, 30 to, 30 yeah. 30 to 35, that's in that golden area. Yeah. yeah. But when you see people coming in in their later 20s, pardon me, with black belts in multiple divisions, you know, that's pretty impressive. They've been groomed to do this from a very, very young age. Mm. Whilst sometimes it's the later generation, they hit it around their early 20s or just before they turn 20 or something like that and then they progress and then they peak because that's a full 10 years at least usually when they're around that 30s mark. Yeah. So when they're coming in, I mean, back in the day, I think um, a few fighters have mentioned this, but 
when they get fighters that come into the uh, come into the UFC from a, and they're from a very very young age, most of those guys have been fighting since they're like four or five years old, yeah. and they come from that fighting background from their family, which is why it's evolved so quickly. Yeah, that, that that's correct. That is exactly why they evolve so quickly. But the only thing I just don't want to see about this guy um push too quickly is uh seeing is yeah that's that's a hundred percent. I don't especially in his division as well and how stacked his division is. I don't want to see another uh, Johnny Walker. Yeah, yeah. After that, I feel like that Johnny that um and oh yeah, don't do any stupid um flops celebrations. He, <laughs> no, he doesn't seem like the guy to do that anyway. But yeah, his his striking in general is so fast and his combinations are uh he's is just on the on the feet. He's technically sound. He's he's actually so cool. When they have these really technically sound fighters that have the physical gifts of speed and things like that, like a Cody Garbrandt, mm-hmm. they're or a Max Holloway or something like that. They are cool to watch. Like mm-hmm. Zabit, Zabit's up there. Like Zabit is the is kind of like the goal, god tier of what I of what strikers would love to watch. Mm-hmm. It's just when they're technically sound and they've got speed. And they've got cardio and it, it all comes together on the feet. It's brilliant to watch. Yeah. yeah. Um, next thing I wanted to talk about is it, it just popped up on like Instagram today is uh, Rob put out a few things and I, I think it was taken by the Daily Telegraph and, and put up on a few, you know, news stories and that. Rob, Rob Whitaker put something out about uh, Israel Adesanya saying, um, Izzy's not a god and other statements. Uh, like that, yeah, and he was he was basically saying, you know, I I can beat Izzy. He's not a god, and things like that. And I agree, he's not a god. And uh, I think, I think, uh, especially fighters like Izzy and Connor, there's before they have a noticeable loss, they have a mystique about them that makes them look godlike. Especially when they have finishes and dominate, and they dominate, yeah. and they have these moments in the octagon, they look godlike they look insane like mm-hmm. elite fighters right um but it was funny to see izzy's kind of rebuttal he was saying oh well if i'm not so good fuck what are you <laughs> and it's good that we get to see this uh, this this little twitter. bit of twitter banter between the two again because i think that's legit the two best middleweights yeah. ever other than Anderson, well, Anderson's they can take it and they can run with it. Like some, you know, I've just got to go a little bit off topic, but I love how some fighters are so fucking good at talking shit on Twitter, mm. but they're so bad at talking shit in real life. Like Pewdie Arn, yeah, Pewdie yeah. Arn's been going off lately. I know. And Algebra Sterling, and who else? Ah, uh, oh, someone. Uh, I think. Uh, what's his name? Uh, huh? Henry Cejudo. Yeah, that's it. Him too, and one more. He was been he he was going off at him, and Sean O'Malley. That's the other thing. And you know, also he did. He shared that photoshopped image on his Twitter of you know Hasabala, and they apparently fought that kid. He photoshopped Henry Cejudo's face over it. So, <laughs> and then some guy like, oh shit, Brett Beauty, I re uh, reshared my uh, my tweet, which I thought was hilarious. Um, yeah, I mean. Do I agree with Rob on this situation? Well, you know. He's not a god, so yeah. No, he's definitely not a god, but I kind of am excited. To, uh, it's it's clear cut that Rob is, is his next opponent. It's It's got to happen. He was supposed to be before the Tory. Be. Yeah. He was so, supposed to be. 
We we put it out on our Instagram. It's an insult not to give Rob. What what more does he have to prove? Mm. I mean, it's not like he's fighting Costa anytime soon. The bloody man, he's having a hair transplant, which is so funny. Is to watch, dude. <laughs> dude, and then a lot of people were saying, "Why is he getting a hair transplant? Is it because of steroids?" Because you could see the top of his head he was starting to bold quite quickly. I was like. Maybe he's just a dude that's balding in his thirties. Like, yeah, we've all seen. More, we follow more plates, more dates. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah. He's really informed. He definitely he did a very, very one, long one and thought that one about Paulo Costa. Mm. And he also recently put out a video mentioning his hair transplant because one of the side effects of steroids is, well, so it's not steroids, but some of the side effects of performance enhancers is baldness, accelerated male pattern baldness. Yeah, and. Not even that, but also the stress of training and the type of training he's doing as well. And he kind of has gone through a weird fluctuation. I think he was going back through his old photos and his hairstyles through the years. And he could say he looks super jacked in this photo and his hair is ridiculously short. Mm. But he's not in this fo- not as in this photo. His hair's a little bit longer. Uh, yeah, I don't really, I don't know if he's grown out his hair to hide or anything yeah. like that. I don't know, but he's getting a hair transplant now. And a lot of people were saying, he's speculating. They were speculating, did he cancel his fight that was supposed to happen yeah. with Jared Cannonier so that he could get a hair transplant? And then he was like, 350K is a joke or something like that. Well, was, hair transplants ain't cheap. Yeah, that's the point, man. When Cocaine ain't cheap. Hair transplants aren't cheap. Where are you getting this money from to get the uh, hair transplant in the first place? It's not like you're getting it from selling this special juice that he drinks. I, I actually looked up how much they cost. I yeah. think it can cost anywhere between 10 and 30 grand Australian dollars. Really? Yeah, for a hair transplant. Compare that to getting 350K for a fight. That's... That's gold, man. But then again, you got to think about the costs when it comes to a fight. Hey, think about it. That's like 30 head transplants. Yeah, but it's not that's like... okay. He, even if he was losing his hair, he looked, he looked more tougher when he shaved it. There was a point where he fought... Was his, yeah, I can't remember who he fought, but there was a point where he shaved his head as well at that point. I think this is an ongoing thing, this hair. Um, maybe. I just thought it was a bit funny getting a hair transplant because I'm pretty sure with hair transplants, you're not supposed to sweat. For quite a while because it's got to grow back because the filaments can fall out. I think I think when you get a hair transplant, you're not supposed to like exercise and sweat and things like that. And yeah. Not so, so how's he supposed to train? He's taking a huge amount of time off to, to make his hair grow back. For what? Would yeah. you do that at the end of your f- fighting career? Well, right now, also, you got to admit, some of the best fighters in the UFC were motivated, don't really have, didn't really have that much hair. John Jones ain't got that much hair. Daniel Cormier ain't got that much hair. All these fighters are getting hair transplants. Bloody uh, Floyd Mayweather. He got a beard. Yeah, he got yeah, a beard. That, that, that was, that was, that's different, though. When you got that kind of money, that Floyd does. He a beard has, transplant. He could well, get the fucking. I never even knew beard transplants was a thing until it's the same. It's the same thing. Yeah, it looks more. It's the thing, though. They just, take the, they just take the back and they put it there instead of putting. The Here's the thing about those beard transplants, though. It's like he shaved off his pubes and he stuck it to his face. Fucking horrible. It reminded me of that uh, jackass uh, prank that they pulled on that one guy where they got everyone to shave their pubes <laughs> and they stuck it on that guy and made him look like a terrorist. But, but he looked all right when he got his um, when he got his hair done right before the fight. Yeah. Before the, the weigh-in, um, like the ceremonial weigh-ins, right? And it was like, uh, I saw the memes and it was like, isn't it funny how a good haircut can make you look from fucking homeless to, mil- <laughs> to millionaire? Because he looked fucking horrible. Yeah, he did he, look fucking He dumb. looked like a pube head on his face and his and his head. Like, yeah. it looked horrible. Well, again, 
Floyd's got that fucking money, man. That millions. Like, I can't remember how much he got from the fight against Logan off the top of my head, but it's a fucking lot. He got a lot of the pay-per-views. Here's the other thing I've got to mention as well. Like, um, it's just briefly, but Paul Gallon fought just uh, Justin Hooney last week. Oh, I never actually saw the fight. Yeah. I did see the lead-up. He was saying quite aggressive. Um, yeah. Well, I just mean, by the way, we've gone so off topic. Off the yeah, is, I is know. The but <laughs> yeah. th- did you see what kind of shit he was talking beforehand? He was saying, your goal is not to beat me. Your goal is to go to the Olympics. So I'm going to, my job is to beat the absolute shit in you and injure you and, and break some shit so you never go to the Olympics and reach your goal. That is, that's the most fucked kind yeah. of like trash talk I've heard. Yeah. I mean, not even that, but just since 22. Mm. He's 22. He's the same age as us. He left school when he was 15. So, and it was fine. Professional, uh, amateur slash professional already around that time. And he'd been mm. training for a long, long time. But he took that guy and he nailed a 40-year-old dude, you know, and he cracked a couple of his so ribs. So, Gallon, Gallon lost, yeah? Yeah, Gallon lost big time. But did you know how he lost? He got like a huge chunk of the pay-per-views. Mm. A huge chunk. I can't remember the, the exact figure. But that was in the contract, and Justin didn't really give a shit about that. Like Justin's like fucking samurai. He did not fight for the money. He was there to prove a point mm. as well. And I gotta say, at the young age, he's definitely got a bright future ahead of him. Kind of, kind of like excited to see where he goes. If he go when he goes to the Olympics, if he goes to the Olympics, I got a feeling he might fuck some shit up, especially when he's that good at a young age and he's knocking out mm. big guys. Yeah, why not? Anyway. Another, yeah, let's one, get back on track. another one I want to talk about though is um, Dan Hooker. Okay. Yeah, so Dan Hooker, he's he's been mentioning a little bit on who his next opponent he'd like to see, and uh, he's named two pretty cool fighters. I'd love to see him match up against Nate Diaz, Tony Ferguson. Who do you reckon's a better fit for Dan Hooker since Nate Diaz has been putting a little bit of work at welterweight against mm. Leon Edwards? Unfortunately, coming off a loss, but Tony Ferguson um, had a fight uh, a good bit ago, at least at least over a month ago, mm-hmm. um, in lightweight. And Dan Hooker is obviously an active lightweight contender. Do you think Nate Diaz moving down to to fight Dan Hooker would be an interesting fight, or do you think Dan Hooker should fight Tony Ferguson, who's already active in his weight division? I mean, no disrespect, to Dan, mm. but I would rather see Tony fight Nate. That's mm. my point. I feel like, I mean, I'm just saying no disrespect to Dan, but I'd rather see Tony fight Nate because both men love her out for blood, mm. both are for loss, both slightly older as well. You know, Ferguson's 34, Diaz is 36. 36. Yeah, both are fucking gangsters. So that's what I would rather see. But if I had to, if it was a gun to my head and I had to decide between who Dan Hooker fights next... I'm going to say Ferguson. Mm, me too. Because they're in the sa- they, they're in the same division. And I think it's because of Nate's status. I don't think he would want to fight Dan Hooker in the first place. No. I, th- I think Diaz wants to put in work at welterweight because there's less of a cut. Mm-hmm. Even though he's kind of used to fighting blown up wi- uh, lightweights. Mm-hmm. But I think... Dan Hooker versus Tony Ferguson was probably the be- best option. That'd be fucking sick because they've got very similar body type. Obviously, uh, Dan Hooker's noticeably taller than Tony. But that, you know, you've got gas tank. You've got fucking a lightning battle on the fucking feet. And then 
who wouldn't want to want to see Dan Hooker fight Tony Ferguson when you know Tony's got his back against the back against the wall? That's a dangerous fight. He's on a three fight losing streak now. Mm-hmm. What's Tony going to do? Is he going to do some flying Imanari roll against Dan Hooker and snap his leg or something? I don't yeah. know. But that's fucking sick. I'd love to see that fight. But then again, backtracking what I said, I Dan Hooker versus sorry, um, Tony Ferguson versus Nadia's that would fucking sell. That's the ultimate cardio match, but that would have to be a five-rounder. Be the first 10-round fight. First fucking 25-round fight. Uh, how about this? There's just no rounds. <laughs> you just throw them in the cage. How about we do like like a, like a you know, like submission grappling and things yeah. like that? How about we do no time limit, finish only? <laughs> Old school, the way they did with the Gracies. So they're just like, either, you either knock them out or you submit them or they quit. Yeah. That'd be fucking sick. Well, well, both of them have insane fan bases. Insane fan bases. Like, mm. people were chanting Tony when he was coming out to Benel Darouche, and people were booing Benel Darouche as well. Who's such a nice guy? He's such a nice guy. What do you want? You know what I mean? He's, yeah. he's got a kid now. He wanted, all he wanted was a Tesla. He wasn't and he got him. his Tesla. He got his Tesla. Good for him, finally. But I just think that. That that card would sell Tony Ferguson versus Ned Diaz, mm. and they make it a five round fight at least as well. I don't know if they can just keep being like, "Yeah, fuck it, five round fight," because like they already did that with Diaz versus Leon Edwards. Yeah, and I I don't know if like every time Nate fights, they'll just be like, "Yep, yeah, fuck it, make a five round fight, make it a big advantage for Nate Diaz and a big disadvantage for his opponent." Mm. I don't know if they'll they'll be so quick and easy to do that, but. Tony Ferguson versus Nate Diaz in any kind of round would be amazing. I just feel like it probably won't happen because Nate is probably tied up in the welterweight division now. Yeah. And I think... Uh, and he's on a very, very short time span right now. Yeah, yeah. I think he's trying to be active, but it's a short time span for sure. I think um, the best one for the timeline for the fans would be Tony Ferguson versus Dan Hooker. Yeah. That's yeah. that still is in the top 10 lightweight rankings and they're still v- fairly close in the rankings themselves. Yeah. Um, similar losing streak. I think Dan's on a two-fight losing streak. Is it two-fight losing streak or one? Well, he no, lost two. to Chandler he, and he, he lost to Poirier. He lost it. So he's on a two-fight losing streak. Tony's on a three-fight losing streak. That's a good pairing. Yeah. 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 Oh. yeah. So I, I'd love to see Dan Hooker versus Tony Ferguson for sure. Yeah. For sure, I reckon it can. All right. Um, so finally, I got to get. Um, I got to finally ask you for your input on oh, this yeah, yeah. topic. This is what's going on, like This is going off mm. because here's what's going. Here's why it's so important. I am getting multiple arguments from multiple sources, mm. multiple inputs from multiple fighters. Now, some fighters are going up against grapplers. Some people are saying, "Okay, so give it, let me just give some context." Yeah, yeah. All right. Orlando well, Sanchez. Well, say what you're speaking about first before everyone. Okay, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, uh, you don't want to give a little bit of suspense. Orlando Sanchez, input me on this because I'm pretty sure you know a fair bit of information as well. So if I say something that may not be correct, let me know. Okay. Orlando Sanchez, he's in the gym. He's, you know, he's a he's a three time AD AD double C world champion, super heavyweight, and he's very very humble dude. He's a big boy. He's a thick boy too, but he's a really humble dude, and. You know, he's known for being a little bit rough in training. That's what they say. Um, Sean Strickland, who's a light heavyweight? Middleweight. Middleweight, sorry. Uh, in the UFC, apparently was in the gym. 
and I don't know, he, all, all, this is from Orlando's point of view, I'm talking through. He was in a gym and then he was saying, oh, jits guys, oh, jiu-jitsu guys. And he was like pretending to wank and all that. Obviously, he was trying to insult them. This is what I think of jiu-jitsu. Yeah, and all that sort of stuff, which is a bit, a bit strange considering you're an MMA fighter and I'm pretty sure jiu- jiu-jitsu. He, I think he's just winding him up and being a bit. Yeah. It's just a bit of banter going on. Yeah, okay. And then so Orlando was like, okay, man, do you want to get in the cage? You want to have a little roll and all that sort of stuff. Now, I don't know if this was his intentions to be a little bit dirty on the on the on the feet, but he sort of he got him in an underhook. Okay, Sean got in an underhook and then Orlando quickly grabbed his arm and swept it across the body. Now, I don't know the damage he did to Sean, but he kind of tweaked it or maybe hyperextended it a little bit and that caused yeah. Sean to lash out. I, I know. So from what I know is like from what you covered, yeah, he was antagonizing him a little bit beforehand. Yeah. He basically said, look, this is what I think of jiu-jitsu, da-da-da. Yeah. Um, Sean had also basically said to Orlando, hey um, – like, no matter what you do, you're not going to fucking beat me and things like that. I'm like, okay, yeah. that's what any fighter would say. Um, I did a little bit of research into what Orlando was doing. So Orlando, Orlando, you know, basically the he pushes them off, yeah. breaks distance, they come back in, and basically they're, they're fighting for the underhook and things like yeah. that, right? He said he was going for an underhook, right? However, I did a little bit of research into it. A lot of people have said he's actually done a bit of a dirty move. It's yeah. a dirty wrestling move, which you do. You're looking, for, you're going for an underhook, but you're actually catching right, yeah, their arm. Catching the arm. So what, what you're looking to do? Across the body, so it kind of. You're trying to almost tweak or break the ulna. Yeah. That's what he's trying to do, right? Yeah. And he's being dirty and underhanded, and it wasn't okay. Yeah. What was funny was today, um, you know. On flow grappling, he gets interviewed about it. Yeah. And he basically says, oh, he was saying all this stuff to me and things like that. um, And I didn't let it get to me. And then he basically afterwards said, this is exactly why I did it. So he was trying to act like he was humble and wasn't saying anything. Yeah. And, but then he explained why he was being a bit intense and things like that in it. Well, what was surprising to me was the way he responded to him as well. He let him kick him. He let him... Well, he just like tried uh, to spin him back. He tipped him in his fat belly. Yeah. I bet he didn't feel it. <laughs> he, t- he literally just did it. He went for a, a... I think it was with his right leg. Just yeah. tipped him in the body. And he said, you know what I'm trying to do? I've got a fight coming up. Should you be doing dirty shit like that? Yeah, well, why are you doing... So, to pissing off Orlando in the first place? You shouldn't have been doing that. You shouldn't be doing that. There's no good guy in this sort of situation here. But the way that Orlando responded was a little bit questionable. He was like, what? What, man? Aren't you a fucking fighter? Aren't you a grappler? Well, well, he, well, he said, that, well, this is this is grappling. I yeah. went I went for a submission, but yeah. he says, oh, I went for a... Su- what submission? It's not doing any submission. He yeah. says he was trying to go for... It's all very shady. He says, I'm going for a submission. Then the next one, he's, oh, I'm trying to get an underhook or whatever. Yeah. But really, he went across and did a dirty move to try and nudge. And basically, he's putting a lot of pressure on his arm, specifically his ulna. And you can break someone's ulna that way. Yeah. Okay? If it's locked into place and you just go across can break someone's arm yeah. that way and sean's got a fight coming up he's in orlando's endangering you know yeah. a, a lot of a lot of people were very quick to go against orlando yeah they especially were especially the brazilian jiu-jitsu guys yeah because they know that he's a little bit he's not he's a bit controversial he's not as interesting to watch okay. in, in brazilian jiu-jitsu so he basically said like they were basically going yeah who gives a shit he's so fucking boring to watch at AD, adcc anyway 
you know so it's very it's very very weird um with orlando he hasn't really said so much really hasn't said much neither is sean no um the one that's spoken the most about it is probably orlando since he actually had an interview with flow grappling anyway but uh i thought it was funny he's got very mixed responses he'll say one thing and he'll do it like he said oh you know he was saying this thing he was antagonizing me i didn't let it get to me i was like okay dude yeah and then afterwards he was like yeah, oh, so this is why I did it. Yeah. So you were antagonized and you did try and so be a bit rough. So it was pre-planned then. Was it pre-planned? Yeah. Did you want to break? Would you I try don't, and hurt I don't, him? I think he was basically like, like, I don't really care. I don't mind if I get a bit rough and things like that. You were talking shit. Yeah. And Sean wasn't in the right saying these things. The one thing we do have on camera is Orlando being a dickhead. The one thing we don't have on camera is Sean being a dickhead. Yeah, well, so that's, it's very, that's the other thing. It's very that, difficult to prove that type of thing. Yeah. So we we got to make sure uh, what, what was the context because context is everything. And the only context we have is Orlando talking something. So we're still yet to hear Sean put out anything as of now, as yeah. of the time of this recording. But he did look a bit silly and did look a bit silly. And then walking but away. Then again, like what, 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 what were you trying to do? Or why was he even trying to do that in the first place? But also, mm. what if the idea was, what if Orlando was just... He's just doing his thing because he was like, what, what man? Come on, come on. Because his reaction sounded pretty genuine. They were trying to, he was trying to get quite rough in training yeah. and doing a little bit of underhanded and dirty tricks to, in order to yeah. get an underhook and things like that, Yeah, which he probably shouldn't be doing since if you're a triple eight ADCC champion, yeah. shouldn't you not have to result to dirty tricks? Yeah. Because apparently he's got the reputation that he can be a bit dirty and yeah. a bit rough in training anyway. So mm. um, I think it's it's uh, it's ammunition on both sides. Yeah. It's fallout on both sides, I think. I think Orlando is uh, did some questionable stuff and I think Sean probably shouldn't have wound up someone who was yeah. much bigger and has much more experience than him yeah, in, terms have, in, um, in combat po- grappling. Shouldn't have been, po- you know, poking at the line or poking at the ball. But or, there's... Or, in this case, poking at the giant war pig. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's a big boy. He's a big boy. But ba- basically, it's just like... It was a scuffle caught on camera, which... Yeah, basically, they neither of the person were in the right, right? I just think Orlando was more so in the wrong. Yeah. Um, another thing I want to talk about is the well. It, the thing is, what's funny is, let's go to Clarissa Shields. She so she was a boxing champion, yeah. and she's transitioned to MMA. Her first fight, she was against uh, a female com- uh, competitor who was three and seven. Yeah, right. And she beats her, and everyone's like, "Oh, this is so good for boxing," things like that. Anderson Silva, <laughs> who's one and zero in boxing, yeah, goes over. Uh, to fight Julio Cesar Chavez, who's the son of a leg- a boxing legend, right? Yeah. Who's fifty two and five. Yeah, and he clowns him. Clowns him. I was so impressed with Anderson Silva's boxing speed, dude. He had he's, speed. He's forty six, dude. He was good. It was he's like vintage c- Anderson Silva. It was good. He was being playful. He was being fun in he there. He was taunting him as well. Oh my god! Up against the ropes, and he's like, "Come, come here, <laughs> fucking come here, dude!" It was. I thought it was sick. I thought it was a really big win for MMA, to be honest. And I think everyone rallied behind Anderson. Even they were like, "That was a that was." You never see that. You never see boxing people come into MMA yeah. and go up against real stiff competition. They yeah. don't do that, right? Yeah. MMA. It just showed that it was it was such a good uh, 
there was a lot of risk on Anderson Silva's yeah. part. There was a lot of risk. Because it got me thinking right now, if Clarissa Shields went up against a fucking, um, you know, Amanda Nunes or oh, anyone Holly, else. Holly, I mean, obviously she hasn't got the experience to do yeah. so. Yeah, but, but Holly Holm, you know, someone of that record, that would that's kind of what it felt like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It's kind of compare again across genders, different. But the point being, it was a real it was the transition I wanted to see of MMA fighters against boxers, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, that's the kind of thing I want to be focusing on. I don't want you know, this bullshit YouTube, TikTok. Fucking whatever, people mm-hmm. making excuses, you know, 18-year-old, okay, look, you know, TikTokers and YouTubers, I don't want to see that, Logan Paul versus me, I kind of don't, well, of course I watch the shit out of it, but it's not what I want to see in my mind, it's what you got going on right now maybe could be potentially cross-sport competition mm-hmm. between different martial arts, mm-hmm. and it's a risk, so much more of a risk to go from MMA to boxing. You know what I mean? Then it is from boxing to go yeah. in there. And yet yeah. none of them do it. No. So hats off to Clarissa Shields anyway because she's trying to – she's essentially coming from a sport that essentially makes more money anyway. Yeah. Typically. Yeah. If you can, if it is Obviously, there's a huge step discrepancy between female and male pay, yeah. right? Most likely, it's a little bit more equal in MMA, right? But um, – Anderson Silva, fucking hats off. He did really, really well. Yeah. The weird thing, though, is he won by split decision. Yeah. Very controversial yeah. since two of the judges counted it towards Anderson Silva. I think it was something like 77 to 75 or something, or 73, right? Um, one judge did it in the complete opposite direction, and everyone was like, who the fuck was that second judge that yeah. gave that to Julio? How the fuck did that happen? It was very, it was very, very weird. It was, it was a very controversial decision, but not, like, not unexpected. Yeah, he beat Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. in Mexico, and then was congratulated by Canelo in the background. You see Big Nog. Yeah, and that's fucking cool. At forty six years old, he still had the playfulness, the footwork. He had the speed. He obviously had the cardio. Yeah, he he looked good, dude. It's a great southpaw. Obvi- obviously not the same. Uh, ov- obviously not the same athlete he was in his prime, no. right? Even though he did kind of go to the UFC at maybe like what was he like 32. 30? 32. 32? Yeah. So he came to the UFC quite late. Yeah, to most really really late. So. To be able to do that at 46 yeah. against a much younger competitor and with a 52-5 and five record <laughs> when he has a 1-0 pro boxing record, Anderson Silva was already one of the goated you know, individuals in the sport. He's now transcended that by even just one. It's amazing. That one boxing fight has just made him bump up even more. Yeah. At his age, that's incredible. Yeah, that was... Yeah. Yeah, you know what else we've got to, got to mention real quick? What's that? Vita Belfort is fighting Oscar De La Hoya. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> wild. I don't even know what to say, man. If Vita Belfort is allowed back on that sauce, that sauce, no, Oscar's in trouble. No, no, they'll, they'll be doing drug tests. Oh, they'll be doing extreme drug testing. What was weird was I, I thought that uh, Vito Belfort, he was supposed to fight, uh, he was supposed to do a celebrity boxing w- match with uh, the real Tarzan off Instagram. What? And then they what? did it. Yeah, they did like a fake, a super fake scripted like um, like confrontation at the gym and all that. And <sighs> you could tell it was so bullshit. Well, um, I mean, who is this Tarzan dude? 
Uh, just a dude off Instagram. He just like, he hanging out with animals and things like that. He's got quite a big following, right? Oh, but okay. um, basically, that's all you kind of need to get into the celebrity boxing. You, you need a following. You need some people to know your name. Obviously, you don't, but you know, some people knows know his name. Um, and, then, and then basically, I don't. That was supposed to be the fight that was supposed to occur, and now, now we're going to see Vitor Belfort against Oscar De La Hoya. What I, I, do you want to ask? A good question. I, I don't really want to see it. Oscar's really old, and, and he doesn't it, look like he's in the best health. He's not. I think perhaps he's trying to give himself maybe a new goal, or perhaps he's looking for a little bit of attention because he doesn't like these. Surely this fight is still sanctioned. Got, yeah, still Floyd and Canelo and all that are still out there. And Manny's even going to have a fight as well. I think Oscar at 44, he's feeling a little bit left out. Because uh, obviously a fighter's ego is very important to them. So I think he feels a little bit left out. And perhaps it's a good goal for him since it'll maybe pull him away from the path of drugs and... Things like that. But Maybe I'll clean his act up a little bit because commentating. But, but he hasn't though. That's the thing. I yeah, thought, commentating I, I say that, was but he not hasn't. worked out. Yeah. He was drunk and he was, I don't think it was not just drunk. Yeah, I think he, he was high to, too. He had to be high as fuck. Yeah, I mean, he was a terrible commentator. I was just, there's some, Jack, there's sometimes in some scenarios where I'm grateful that I'm deaf. You just turn the hearing aids down. Shut up. It's just like, I'm I'm a little, I'm blessed with a curse. I can just turn them off when I want. Sometimes, anyway, uh, it is a weird a weird spot right now. But when you're having all these sort of cross promotional fights and all these um, platforms getting involved in boxing, it kind of fucks with the whole sport. Yeah, but I mean, it's cool to see a proper win. Yeah, Anderson Silva. It fucks with the sport, but. At the same time, it draws a lot of fucking attention. As much as I love to take yeah. the piss out of YouTube and TikTok boxing, yeah, they got a lot of pay per views. Yeah, but it's cool to see. There's like a when there's like a real, a real fight going on. It's cool to see that because there's a huge distinction between that skill and no skill. And yeah. that skill, yeah, right. But nah, just a huge props to Anderson Silva. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Alrighty, guys. Um, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Really, really appreciate it. Um, and, and basically, if you want to help us out, do do jump into the, our description below. Have a look, and you'll just see supporting us and things like that. It'll be buy me a coffee if you want to just support us through subscribing and things like that. Super appreciative of that. Um, yeah, we just really appreciate it. Thank you very much, guys. Take care, guys. All the best. Bye bye. Bye bye.